your productivity level is so low and then you're having so much overhead, so much commission and benefits and all this other stuff to motivate these people to be consistent, it doesn't make sense anymore. And once you can train someone virtually, whether it be uh, in the U.S. or outside of the U.S., we hire outside of the U.S., your cost is so different, you know? Mike check. I'm good. Mike check. Mike check. You can read about success all day long, but if you don't put in the work, the mindset, execution, and the hustle behind your vision, it just remains a dream. When everything goes wrong, you have to take all the responsibility. We uncover what high-level entrepreneurs, business owners do to rise up from hustling daily. So do what you feel passionate about. Take chances. The world becomes your library to help you to become better at your craft. Join me as I share with you actionable tips to help you grow your business, learn skills, and help you level up in your self-development journey. Your number one spot for business and personal growth is the Online Hustlers Podcast with your host, Esteban Andrade. Every day I'm hustling. So, we got here Mr. Acquisition in the house yeah. for a second round. Yeah, second round. Let's do Fourth it. round was, uh, we got to know you a little bit. And we also got to know your story, um, how you're evolving into the sales world in the REI space, how you have been mastering it over time and over and over, not only working with many, many uh, seven-figure and eight-figure business owners and businesses and helping their acquisitions team level up. But now this episode, this last episode was really good. And anyone that actually missed out on that one, go back to that episode. We actually go back and talk about like a few nuggets like for example how to make sure that uh you on a daily basis you give them a ramp up period to your, to your closers to your sales managers sorry to, to your lead managers and so on and how to how to do it uh, and the story of one how he became a master at acquisitions and mr acq and uh, for today we're gonna make it even more special we're gonna go deeper into the details we're gonna go into like more nitty-gritty what's happening what's gonna happen what do you think is how do you think that this is going to evolve in the sales floor, uh, virtually, remotely, not only in-house? Because uh, I believe that ever since we've we've seen the boom, the boom of Zoom, uh, virtual remote work from COVID and stuff like that, there's like a huge opportunity. Also, there's going to be uh, the metaverse, uh, all this AI and, and everything that is happening. How is that going to help the conversion? How is it going to help the sales? Lead generation in sense is what every single business needs in order to like it's the bloodline. Man, um, let's get into this episode. Uh, I really would love to like know what you're doing right now. And uh, kind of where do you see this entire virtual sales ecosystem? Um, and are you helping right now people doing that? Yeah, I mean, I've been blessed, bro. Like you said, uh, I've been coaching seven and eight figure um, businesses in the space already. Uh, particularly only in real estate investing, wholesaling, fixing, buying, buying holds, people that want to do freaking Airbnb and they have an operation, they're paying for marketing, they're paying for, you know, these leads, they have inside sales teams to help them scale and be able to close deals. Man, it's been, it's been amazing to see the mechanics behind it. And then since I do it nationwide, you get like, intel, right? So I'm always like looking at what's working this area, what's not working in that other area, and then what are the similarities, right? And what can I go ahead and help tweak so that their conversion, because that's that's my main thing, right? Like that's why people hire me is because 
They want to learn not only just sales, but bro, how do you convert so many deals, right? Because you can have a good salesperson, but if you don't have a, a good lead conversion and you don't know how to do proper lead management because of many different things that we're going to talk about here, bro, your business is, is, is so inconsistent. And so seeing that kind of transition um, and seeing all the different businesses and how they run, there are common denominators that must be implemented. And well, that's what I help fix, right? So that they're converting all the time and looking at deals a little differently. The market has changed significantly in the last 12 months. I mean, basically night and day. And so we'll get into, you know, kind of talking a little bit on what's going on now in the markets. You know, what do I see as far as scalability and, you know, the main topic, which is going virtual, right? Yeah. So I, I believe that currently you're working several businesses and different types of businesses that run. Mm -hmm. So you're getting of how people are successful in their mm -hmm. own operations. Yeah. Who are set up differently in their own yeah. operations in yeah. their own market. So you have great insights, right? But I would just say in a very basic level, in the foundation level, what is the most basic thing that every wholesaler is missing in sales? Honestly, really consistent lead managers and closers. That has been the biggest demand. Um, I get hit up on my DMs. I get people call me all the time, all the different uh, operators. Hey, do you have an acquisition person? Do you have a good lead manager person? Do you have a good cold caller, right? Because it's, it's always like a rotating door. Um, they just don't know how to hire the right people. They don't know how to manage that operation. And the people that they do hire are freaking so inconsistent that it's always a, you know, uh, uh, always turnovers, right? Massive turnovers. So the industry is, is just in need of quality people. That's what it is. Why do you think that wholesalers don't know how to hire closers or lead managers? Because when you come in wholesale, they sell you on the dream that, you know, you need no money, that you don't need any experience, that, you know, you can literally make money out of thin air to get the and you sell a couple of deals, all of a sudden, you go ahead and hire maybe some type of third-party vendor that has some unqualified virtual assistant, or you're trying to uh, hire locally in your own office, but you've never had any experience in HR. And so you don't know what to look for, right? You don't know who to hire and if they're the right people. You know most of the people... Uh, that I work with, they, when they started, what they did is they would hire, obviously, friends and family. And guess how that turns out? <laughs> we have our, like, it, it's a good intention, though. Don't get me wrong. Like, it's not that you shouldn't hire friends and family. I don't. I personally do not plug anybody in that is personal to me because I don't want to mix business and, and, um, and relationship, right? But most of those people are not qualified for that specific task. And so, so, you know, I know that you uh, invest in a lot of different uh, mentorships and you go like Tiffany Hyde and stuff like that. And she's very big on, on HR, but she mastered HR. And this is why she has such a great company culture, which is another thing that these folks are failing is the fact that they don't understand culture. They think that getting a dong every time that, you know, they get a contract, that that is like, you know, oh, hurrah, you, you know, we'll give you a little bonus or we'll ring the, the dong and stuff like that. There's so much more to hiring the right person for the right seat that can consistently be motivated, self-motivated, and 
above and beyond motivation, are you hiring the people with the right disciplines, right? And so that's where they're struggling the most is just basically not knowing that aspect of yeah, the HR so department. When, when you hire a closer for wholesaling so that you get close deals, usually a closer can provide you, they can basically replace what you're actually doing right now in terms of sales. And it's not like they're going to have the same conversion as an owner, but when you properly hire someone, they're going to give you back time. They're also going to add you a few deals. And as you hire more, it'll just compound over time. So our closure itself, if a closure closes, uh, a, a great month for a closure will be for the first three months. For the first three months? Like starting off fresh? Man, if they can get a deal a month, that'd be great. So if you hire three more people, now you got three consistent deals on a monthly basis. In the beginning, after that, they should be leveled up to at least doing three to five solid deals per acquisition person. I'm talking about solid. I'm not talking about these okay. $2,000 so deals. you want to ramp up closer to do three to five, it has to, you have to give them a ramp up time of about, what, three, four months? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, minimum 90 days, man. Minimum 90 days. But we should start seeing performance, right? Some of the disciplines that we're going to talk about. Um, there's some of the disciplines and the and the habits required so that in the 90, 90th day, it's not like, oh, whoa, we're about to ramp up. No, that shit's ramped up already. Like this person already closed the deal by the 90th day. That's That should be the goal. So if we're talking here like on the future of any wholesaling business, what are they going to specifically look like on a closer? Man, they're going to have to have some really enthusiastic people because the industry is missing a lot of it, man. They're just, they don't understand the, the psychology of sales. Uh, they don't have sales experience. And so they come in and in order for them to survive, number one, they have to educate themselves or have some type of training or find or the companies that are hiring these virtual assistants or virtual closers. You need to invest in sales coaching, right? So that you can have someone that's successful and understands, you know, what it takes to, to be a closer. The business is not, you know, an autopilot. Like this requires a lot of follow up. It requires a lot of discipline. People got to show up, right? And they need to educate themselves every single day. We're blessed to be in this time, right? Where you got university. So you can hear cold calls. You can hear seller calls. You can hear you know, what it takes to, to be a salesperson. But uh, typically, if you have a wholesale company, I would have a kick-ass coach. Okay, good. So if, what, what would you that whenever, whenever you get someone in an interview process, like you're saying enthusiasm, but do you want them to have experience or someone that has not a lot of experience, but are just more moldable, shapeable? Like, what do you want? I like to mold. Yeah, because you know what it is? It's harder to get rid of bad habits. It's not impossible. It's fine. But typically folks that come with a bunch of experience, they just come back to what they normally know how to do. Um, and it's kind of hard to reprogram those people. Rather, be somebody that has some kind of knowledge of some sort, not, you know, high level, and then let me mold them and help them understand more of the, you know, of the technicals that they need, you know, kind of like, uh, what do they call Sharpen that iron the right way and then let them ride. You know what I mean? Let them, let them go off. What if you hire someone that is mega experienced? Like what are the risks of like hiring someone that is super experienced and like they already have like all these years of experience? Is there any risk of that? To that? Of course there is. 
There's always risk. You know what I mean? They, it, it depends on the type of person that you're hiring. If this you know person, let's just say, uh, has like an entrepreneurial mind and they've been doing the business for a long time and they want to just kind of plug into your business because God knows maybe something is not going right. Well, you're at risk of spending all that time, uh, resources into this person. And then they they take that information and they just run and start their own thing, which is totally fine too. There's, there's always going to be that risk. But uh, normally when you're taking somebody that it doesn't have all that skill set, right? Well, you're able to retain them for much longer because you get to build a lot more, you know, longevity with that, whether it be that closer, VA service or whatever it is, you know. So you've said you said VAs a couple of times, and uh, in in our in my opinion, the world has been evolving for the better ever since that we get, you know, with better remote systems, AI, uh, virtual teams, all of that. So considering that you don't need it really need someone that has like a lot of experience, but you want to mold someone through proper onboarding, proper hiring, onboarding and proper training. Um, why would you say the VA, why would a VA close deals as an acquisition in wholesaling? Because it's just a framework. It's rinse and repeat. Like you'll, the, the honest truth is that uh, there's only a handful of reasons why someone's looking to sell, right? Their house or someone needs a product, there's always just a handful of reasons why. And so if you can just train them on that consistently, well, then why do you need somebody in-house and also pay so much money to try to retain this person in-house plus all of the overhead that you have? And that's basically what I've helped a lot of people transition out of because sometimes I go into these businesses and they have everybody in-house. They love the company culture. They love to have people right sitting next to them. But then it becomes a major babysitting job. Oh, my car didn't work today. I'm late and all this stuff. Where you're virtual, man, they're on the spot. Like they're always on Zoom. They're always, you know, ready to go. You pay them less, right? But not you're not gouging them. You're not like, you know, some kind of slavery thing. No, it's, you're not paying them less than what their value is. You're paying an American in-house right. person. Right. That's well, you can it. take you can you can hire American virtual. Right, uh, assistance, virtual lead manager, virtual what? But your overhead is lower, so now that affects your bottom line. Now, some people may argue like, "Well, no, because I need to have the control." Well, yeah, that's you. You just want to have the control. You don't know how to do the control thing online. <laughs> you know what I mean? Virtually, you just don't know how to do it. So I get it. Uh, you want to have that, but once you start seeing that your productivity level is so low, and then you're having so much overhead so much commission and benefits and all this other stuff to motivate these people to be consistent, it doesn't make sense anymore. And once you can train someone virtually, whether it be uh, in the U.S. or outside of the U.S., we hire outside of the U.S., well, your cost is so different, yeah. you know? Yeah, so when do you start seeing that uh, hiring a VA for an acquisition role, which is a closer, and a lot of people see it as a, like, oh, this is a high-level role, never going to give it to someone that is outside of this country that doesn't understand American culture or hasn't been in the U.S., whatever. Uh, when do you start seeing that you can hire VAs to close deals for wholesale? Dude, I had to try it for myself because I went from that mentality too. I was like, eh, I don't know. That's like a really you know strong position. And I don't know if that's something that I want to delegate out. But just like you were mentioning, like why is it that wholesalers and you know real estate people or, or entrepreneurs 
Why is it that they just uh, struggle with that? Well, it's more control than anything else. You, you, you just think that you're the best at doing it and you want people to do it your way. You, they want, you want them to be right next to you. But the reality is, right, I had to change that framework. And it was actually uh, Corey Geary out of Phoenix, Arizona. Um, he had everybody in house. And then I told him, well, well we should try to do some virtual stuff. Uh, and then like months later, he says, hey, look, I hired some of these people that are lead manager. Let's see if you can jump on board and coach them to close. And I'm like, man, I don't know, because I came from that mentality too, I'm telling you. And it wasn't until I went to this framework that I coach on, right? And had them rinse and repeat that. And I'm like, Yo, these people are getting contracts and they're in Egypt. They're in South America. They're in the Philippines. They're all they're doing is following the same questions, the same framework, asking, you know, the the pain questions, the who over what stuff that I coach on. And it's working, man. They're like doing creative finance deals, they're doing innovation deals, they're doing cash deals. You're talking to people all around the nation. So it's not like, oh, it just works in one little market. And then the proof was there, right? Because you just got to do it once and see if it's true. And I'm like, oh man, this is going to take over. Like this is, this is where, this is where everybody needs to transition because dude, you go from 15, 10 to 15, even 20% commission, right? Per deal. You do a $20,000 deal. You're paying that guy on the sales floor, $2,000. These folks, they're like, they're, they feel blessed to be working for an American company, number one. Number two, they're learn they love learning. Honestly, they love learning this stuff. Because although they're not here in the States and they don't understand, you know, what a boiler is, they don't understand what a you know water heaters, they don't use our central AC sometimes. They have just window units in those countries, right? And so they learn learning and they get excited about that. You have no idea how many virtual assistants outside of the companies, they send me a message like, yo, we're so grateful for everything that you coach us because now we have a job for life. So whether I work with this person or not, like I know that I've gained a skill set that I can carry on and, and take care of my entire family. These people are making salaries of doctors and lawyers in their country. You see what I'm saying? So well, you're paying less. It doesn't mean that you're gouging it. And they're efficient, they're disciplined. If they can show up with no no excuse. Yeah. Versus our U.S. people. I'm sorry, U.S. Fucking they don't, want they don't want it. They don't want it. Oh no, I need a salary and I need a big commission and benefits and yada yada yada. Like, bro, sorry, it doesn't work that way anymore, right? And so you go from two thousand dollars, right? Call it ten percent of, of on each deal. On each deal, to about like whatever eight hundred eight dollars fifty cents an hour, and if you you can do anywhere like a 250 to maybe if you're you know top notch and you want to really like keep commission. No, I just the flat fee, dude, 250 to 500 bucks, right? If they hit, a, you know, so I, I coach them, I coach some of the teams to say, just let's do it on a scale model. So after it was, you know, two and three or three and, you know, plus, we can start bumping that up to maybe 300, 350, and it just kind of incentivizes it. Like a tier? Yeah, like level. a tier. Okay. But they show up, bro. They show up and they do the work and they do the follow-up and the leads are where they're supposed to be. They put the notes in. I can't get the Americans to do that. Believe it or not. So there's, there's, there's entitlement, right? Oh, I'm the closer. And then their mind is like, oh, this is going to be good for six months. And after that, I'm going to be able to like 
start my own thing. Because like, oh, I'm such a, the, my next level is being the business owner for a closer, right? It's like, they are commission-based, they are highly paid, they can, they, they, they know that one of the most important skill sets and parts of the business. And it's so risky because now you're going to be able to like have the risk of, of losing at a closer that is great because they want you have wings and that's great. Uh, like that they, they want to fly but for your business. It's not great unless you're always hiring and always trying to like hire, like we, we just said it, how long does it take to get somebody ramped up? Well, you're probably not going to see a deal from that person for the first 45 to 90 days or so. You know what I mean? So if every call it every six months, you need to do this. Well, look at the gap that you got to fill, right? So that's where you have a lot of inconsistency versus having someone that it's not going to go anywhere. They're, these folks abroad, there's just so much more loyalty to you also. You know what I mean? Yes. Can you get some bad apples? Of course, it happens. It's going to happen. But with the right metrics and, and the right hiring processes, because HR has to be like either in your backbone or you hire somebody that has HR right down packed so that you're sourcing the right people and then you don't have a lot of this turnover you don't have to be a master at freaking hr and know how to do interviews and what is it the, the those mind those mind uh surveys and all this other stuff yeah. they're, they're a d yeah. they're e they're whatever like the the high personality surveys and all this mind service and things like I'm that, not good right? at that i'm not good at that i i hire that stuff all because i know my strengths right so i just play through my strengths so there are companies out there that will do that for you and help you acquire the, the right virtual assistant, virtual closer, whatever it is that you do need. And I've seen such a ginormous profitability to the bottom line, because that's really all that matters for a lot of these seven and eight figure, the one that why they're seven and eight figure, yeah. you know, <laughs> and the high companies now, of course, super high. They, they put in their pocket way more money. They, if, if they were putting... Or I don't know, maybe what, 60%, 50% or even Some people would run less. It. Most people, believe it or not, and I don't care what they tell you in the industry, <laughs> most people are running like somewhere closer to like, believe it or not, dude, between like 10 to about 20%. 10, 20%. Profit, which is- Now you're going to increase that profit by at least 10%. At least. More than, more than more that. More than that. Because like, now you're removing- having to give a closer, American in-house closer or whatever, 15%, 20%, right? 20%. But not only that, you're not paying their internet bill. Right. They have their own internet. They have their own computer. No office. No office. So that overhead, that, that real estate, it's gone. Yeah. Right? So you feel that building virtual sales teams, which includes cold calling, lead managers, and the closers, it's going to be the future of the industry. For sure. Okay. Not a doubt. So, so how do you see that evolving? But like before that, uh, because it's the future, how are you keeping accountable on, on these closers? Like how do you keep accountable on them? How do you make sure that they're, they're not right there in front of you? So how is the accountability interesting? It's, it's no different. You just need to be on there virtually. So you, there are CRMs that tap into how much time they're spending in the CRM, right? Whether whether they're, you know, going through lead management, because the system should tell you like, oh, 
these amount of leads have been touched today, right? Statuses have changed the disposition of all the calls. This is what happens that you can have, or you can also look at the metrics of how many calls are they making per day, right? How much time they're spending on those calls? Are they bullshitting me? Are they just making 200 calls and every them, every single one of them is a second, a second, a second, a second, a second, a second, a second. Maybe they're just calling and, and hanging up, calling and hanging up. And they're trying to, you know, run a fast one over you. No, if you have the right systems, right? Well, it's easy to hold them accountable because you can tap in into your CRM and hopefully people that are listening in the industry, hopefully they have everything recorded and they're tracking all of those KPIs. KPIs are basically what runs the entire operation, whether it's in-house or virtual, but those KPIs have to get hit. And so the accountability comes from you setting those expectations with whomever works for you, whether they're virtual or they're in-house. You got to hit those metrics, right? If they're, not, if they're not hitting those metrics and you're not tapping in daily. And I'm not talking about, oh, you need to have a two-hour meeting every day. Dude, literally take 15 minutes. Hey, what did we do yesterday? We had uh, 200 calls. Uh, we had two-hour talk time. We had five leads come in. We have two unattempted uh, you know, one in negotiation and one contract. Center. All right, cool. So we're, we're, you know, you got, let's say we need five contracts a week, 25 contracts a week. Well, you need to send out five offers. Did you send out the five offers? No, I didn't. Okay. So then today you got to send 10. It, I mean, yeah. but what happens is that we just don't want to do that as business owners and the money's in the numbers yeah. and the accountability. And it takes again, 15, five, 10, 15 minutes. You get on a Zoom call with them. Hey team, we are going to run this. Let's go through the uh, let's go through yesterday, and then what we have going, you know, moving forward this today and the, the rest of the week, right? Where are the deals? Where it's where is this going? You know, what, what's going on with this process? And that's how you hold them accountable. You got to show up, and then the, the stuff is in the numbers. Now you can call them out, right? Hey, you're on a first warning, second warning, third warning, and by the by the second or third, you should start looking for somebody else. Mm. So that you don't have a bottleneck, right? Because you're like, you start sensing like, ooh, spidey senses are telling me this person is not being, you know, uh, as effective and productive as, as it should. Let me start contacting my whatever. I don't know if you hire a third-party vendor to find you more virtual assistants or whatever doing the recruitment. Well, let me start calling them and start interviewing more people just in case. For that, you don't have any uh, bottlenecks, right? You can just keep running your business. How would you, how would you get a, how do, you, how do you get an acquisition VA up to? Let me let me put it this way: If you want a VA that is an acquisitions, you want them to to KPIs. How do you ramp them up to KPIs as a VA? You just gotta set those metrics, right? Like you gotta let them know, like what's required for our company is that every single day you do X amount of calls, right? And we need and, and not only the call. Obviously, again, people can people are people, whether they're in house or or virtual. We need 200 calls a day. Let's just say that's an example. But I also need you to have conversation for at least two hours total in a day, right? You're talk, you're actually talking to sellers, right? We need X amount. So it's just basically setting those KPIs. That's how you hold them to that accountability. It's how you ramp them up because maybe in the beginning, you know, you're getting them kind of accustomed. You say, hey, uh, at minimum for the next two weeks, we require you do 100. And then let's go through training. I'm going to listen to a lot of your calls, see where there's going to be some improvement. So you have to do a lot of um, QA, right? quality control, QC. 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 Quality control. 
spend some time with that individual, listening to some of those calls to see where they're consistently dropping the ball. And that's okay because they're new. And then help them, hey, this is how we do it. Role play. So that's what I help a lot of my clients do. I do the QC, I do the, uh, the role play, just to make sure that they're fine-tuned, that they're getting the marbles out of their mouth, that they are you know, saying the right thing, that they're using the right tonality, that their enthusiasm is up and all the stuff that I do, right? And so that's how I get them ramped up. So we set up KPIs, we do the QC, and then we track, right? And we listen, we fine-tune, continuously training. You should be consi- consistently training even people that have been with you for five years, six years, 10 years. We should always continuously have training. That's why. Why the heck? Why does LeBron James still have a coach? I don't understand. Isn't he the greatest that's ever? He needs a coach. Ronaldo needs a coach. Messi Ronaldo. needs a coach. Why? Because they, there's always something that will be different in the season, in the times, in their energy, in 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 just how and maybe the, now the industry evolved. Something something happened. Some, and, and they always continue to need to be optimized, improved. And so so then what I would say that the future of that, in order for you, some people don't like doing the whole um, management part of things. They want to make the money. They want to flip houses. They want to do bigger and better things. They don't want to be in the weeds babysitting jobs. No. Hire uh, either a general manager, right? COO that will manage all that for you. Or hire a coach that's going to listen to calls, right? Because maybe the COO, the manager of the of the company, they're looking at everything. They're looking at positions, like managerial sales manager. Exactly. Like Mr. ACQ. I mean, Mr. ACQ. Like, okay. <laughs> like, like a Mr. ACQ. So you're yeah. saying APIs, QC. Yeah. So, for example, like you got, um, let's suppose your remote acquisition member comes in, the VA, it's someone from, let's say, a country. That is high level of Venezuela, high level of the location. Um, what are the KPIs that in the first three months or in the first month you would look like you would look for on that person to get them ramped up, you know, get started, warmed up? That is like not like super mega like unrealistic, but it's like more realistic. Well, that's a hard question to answer, right? Because each individual company has a different um, uh, volume of leads, right? So it honestly depends on the company, but let's just say, for example, that you're getting five leads a day, right? So if you're getting five leads a day, that, you know, kind of ramps up. So you, again, you, I would, I would have them do at least a hundred calls a day, right? A hundred. I start them off with a hundred if, because mostly folks have a dialer where they have some kind of system where they can rapid fire calls. So 100 calls is not that difficult. And then I have them do at least an hour talk time. That's normally what I, I have them do right, right from the very beginning. And then er, at least three times a week, sales training. It could be video form, right? So it doesn't have to be like hiring a coach, but it could be like a video form if you want to listen to John Martinez or one of the big dogs in, because it's a bunch of sales, right? Yeah. Keep them focused. And then role play at least three times a week and then just making sure that they're submitting the offers if you're in the real estate space, right? Yeah. 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 You know, it doesn't matter. Maybe in whatever industry, 
It's still the same thing. Sales is still sales. It's a numbers game, right? So ramp them up first couple of weeks. And a lot of, you're going to have to pour into them. You have to. You just can't throw them on the on the sales floor and, and cross your fingers, hope that they do well, right? I don't care what, I don't know, VA service, Upwork, whatever you do, qualifications, resume sounds amazing. They've done the business before. Don't trust that. <laughs> Get in there. And listen to what's happening because you'll find gaps. And then once you fix that, I don't know, call it six weeks, you can ramp that up. You can ramp that up. And they should be closing. Yeah. Yeah. There is no such thing as someone will come in, take the script, and they're, they're going to be like. Absolutely not. Like, not even in-house. Not even in-house. You have no idea the amount of companies that I, I've worked with, that I've been blessed to work with, that, you know, so they play at a high level, man. And I get in there and I'm like, oh, yikes. You do what? <laughs> right? Oh, wait. So you don't record calls? <laughs> oh, you guys are using cell phones. Yeah. yeah. And they're doing volume, which is crazy. Yeah. So then it's all relative, of course, right? We see it as volume. And for the standard of the industry, let's say they're doing like 20, 20 deals a month, right? But imagine, with, the, with the without the right systems, right? right without the right imagine, training. Imagine if they fix that. Like, like how many, like how many like things are falling through a crack when you don't have? You that? have no idea. And even like people that you see in your industry, because you you talk to everybody, bro. That's what something that I admire about you is that you pretty much are tapping into whomever is ever in the space. You know, right? So I go in there and I, you know, I open a lot of folks have been in the industry for a long time and they give me an opportunity to, you know, kind of take an eye on their business, at least on the acquisition side. Because for me, acquisitions in real estate is like the bloodline, it all starts, well, that's what really gets us paid. Man, there's so many flaws too. That just, and then sometimes it's just little tweaks. I'm not saying that everybody's running like shit or whatever it is, but. I'm telling you, like I go in there and then just these little tweaks that they're missing that will get them to like, bro, minimum an additional 30% increase in productivity and volume. Yeah. So let's talk about how you do quality control on this people. Uh, how often do you do that? At least once a week because there's, there's most of the time I'm only training those folks three, uh, three days out of the week. I think that's not enough because you got to sometimes give them wings too because sometimes you overtrain and then you give them too much, right? Like they, you're trying to teach a lesson and then you're moving on to another lesson, you're moving on to another lesson and you, you do this shit every day. Well, they, they haven't fully understood the lesson from Monday, right? And so I normally teach the, the lesson. We kind of go through the KPI stuff like that. Then we do another day where we're listening to calls, right? So we'll listen to a handful of calls and you say good, bad, and ugly of that call and also then another day we'll do role play, right? Typically on Mondays I like doing role play because I, li I like to get them like ramped up, right? Ready for ready for the week, stuff like that. Then I can listen to the calls on a Wednesday and then on a Friday or a Thursday, I can go ahead and do like, you know, more so like a lesson or a review and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. And uh, getting them ramped up into your framework, how does it work? Like how, how you break it up and how, how does that entire like week to week look like um and 
as a whole, like, what's the name of your framework? Like, what what is what is yeah, the process? Yeah, it's an like? ACQ University. Um, you know, just a mastery to to sales to you know to convert uh, deals with the sellers. It's you know ACQ University. Uh, master, uh, master. You made it yeah. like a seven phase framework. Yeah, seven phase. Seven. So then I can do that seven weeks. You know, seven weeks we can cover uh, the seven phases, and that so that they fully understand each uh, space in the conversation. Honestly, you got to. Uh, we're talking about virtual assistants. We're talking about people that maybe are not as high level in this in real estate, and they don't have prior experiences. So. Oh, I needed to build something that's repeatable, right? And that is um, like an assembly line yeah. per se, right? Rinse and repeat. Because if I got to get another VA, well, I got to train them the same exact way. Like it has to be something where I, I can give you, here's a course or here is this program, here's the playbook, here's the framework, and it's rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. So the seventh, the seventh stage is literally all my calls sound the same. So even when I make phone calls, they sound exactly the same. My intro, right? Uh, setting expectations, uh, going through uh, digging for pain, property questions, finding deal killers, negotiation, closing the deal, right? Mm-hmm. And so kind of get them through that process, give them little chunks at a time. And then I let them go and I say, listen, today we're going to work on introduction. Or this week we're going to work on introduction. So I coach them on introduction, why it's so important to, you know, master that uh, part of the stage or the framework. They they understand it. And then I just have them practice it. I'm like, go off, make your 100 calls a day. And then what we're going to do is we're going to review those calls to see where you're missing that part of the framework or if you've mastered it already. And then we keep moving from there. When do they start getting calls? What will be the optimality? Of that? Right away. Right away. You hire for, you hired a caller, right? So it's, they might have had, some prior experience, you know, hire somebody like never made a phone call. That's that's scary. So I have them do it right away because you can't you can't f it up. Would, would it be activating uh, athletes or? Yeah, I, I start with the old, old ones. Get, get the, the stepped on stuff because obviously, if you're having let's just say an expensive lead, um, a lead generation company like uh, Hessel Media, right? For example, uh, or PPC. You said expensive. <laughs> Well, well, more expensive than premium. Okay, <laughs> high high quality, elite, <laughs> elite, right? They're just, obviously the investment's a little higher, right? Because they're higher quality leads. That's the truth. Love inbound leads. Love them. Cold calling and text messaging and RVMs and all this outreach. That is what that is, right? There's it's it's mass. And you're you're not even 100% sure if that person is even motivated to imagine the crap that you're going through, right? right. But when I get them in there, they're calling all the old leads, year, six months old lead, right? Follow up, people that said they're not interested. Let them let them chew on some rocks. That's the best way to get people like really ramped up and see if they are they get tolerated too, because some people can't handle the pressure. And it's it's there's a there's a saying in the industry, uh, hire slow, fire fast. So maybe they've gone through the process, the hiring process, everything sounds good. You've done all the vetting, the whole thing. And then you put, you know, flame to the to their feet and they can't perform. So I'm going to put them with the trash lead 
in the beginning while they're working on the framework, see if they can make it. If they can make it through that, then we can start, you know, giving them better and better opportunities, right? As they come in, because you can't be wasteful um, and not, you know, close a high quality, quite <laughs> quality lead uh, because that's your bloodline. You know, you're still trying to ramp up your business. You're still trying to scale. You don't, you don't want to fall back. So I'll put them through that. And you can't really make a mistake in sales, man. You honestly can. You, you know how many times I've heard and I do like the QC quality control and they bombed it. Like they just completely, tr- the call was completely trash. Dude, I just called the seller again and I'm like, hey, listen, he was in training. Not a worry. Hey, are you still looking to sell? We'll, 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 we'll get it right back. You're not going to lose anything or something. Of course. Yeah, it's fine. You would, you would do it as a sales. Yeah, because it gives me the two opportunities, right? The opportunity of teaching them, teaching a lesson, yeah. teaching a lesson, right? Oh, you messed it up. Hey, you're not gonna, you're, it's not gonna be a big deal, bro. Trust me, don't worry. I got you. Let's go ahead and listen to the call. Let's see where you effed up, and then where we can make some corrections, right? And now I'm gonna go ahead as a coach, as a good coach, right? I'm gonna make the call because there's some people that say, oh, I, you know, sales this and the other, and then they're like, I oh, don't know, no, you call and, and we'll figure it out later. No, I'm going to take the call right there and then live. Let's go. Let's move. And then show them how I'm able to take their failure into success and that they can do the same thing. It's all recorded. They have a copy of it. They absolutely love it. They feel inspired and then they can keep going. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if, if there is a VA closer, VA acquisitions that it's called a VA, a- ACQ VA. Maybe we should, uh, you know, land that label that, yeah, yeah. copyright. Um, so there is an ACQVA, and they're getting ramped up in the seven seven weeks for the seven framework. Uh, let's say this guy is a killer; it's a complete animal, and like he's a he's a he's a full rock star that has fully mastered week one and maybe week two. Like, what's going to happen? Like, do you wait? Make them wait until like week seven? No. we're still going to do the trainings regardless. Uh, I mean, uh, just because they're a rock star. Like, again, I've coached people that are rock stars and they still miss certain um, aspects of the sale. So, no, we're still going to go through that process that they're going to be able to close faster and handle more as a freaking locally. But we're still going to go through that whole, that whole process regardless. Yeah. Trust but confirm. Yeah, you should, in a way, you should be able to hire rock stars. Like, you should be able to aim to hire A players all the time. So, so one of the things that I do with my clients is that um, I'm on the phone with them when they're going to hire like um, a virtual closer, like an interview, process. an interview process. And so I make sure that my clients, they're interviewing a minimum of five people. Yes. So I want to hear their voice. I want to hear their rebuttals. I hear, I want to hear them like do a role play. And then what we do is we say, Hey, we're not role playing anymore. Just tell me a little bit about you. You know, you know, what does your life look like? What, why are you even applying for this position? And kind of figure out where, where their why is and what, what they're all about, right? As a human, culture, cultural wise, whether yeah, it's yeah. 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 yeah, because you know what it gives you too. Um, it gives you like um, a little bit of their past, and then it it you'll see their mindset, right, come through when you're. When you're removing the whole, this is not an interview thing, we're done with the interview or the role play or whatever that I needed to hear. Let's just have a, a chat between you and I. And then you start hearing different uh, words that they use. 
And that helps you understand, like, is this person going to show up <clears throat> very positive, right? Do they have goals? Why are they doing this? Aside from the act, sales is an act, right? You're putting on a show. So when the cameras are off, what happens, right? Are you a person that's, you know, always has a bunch of excuses? You have a bunch of issues. Your mind is just not right. You're using negative words, right? So you kind of pick up on a lot of those things because I'm going to be honest with you. The key to this sales, whether it's in, inside sales, somebody in-house, or you're doing virtual, whether it be in America or be around the world, the mindset of that closer is the number one training that I spend almost two to three days on and making sure that every single day when they report to work, they have to give me at least three positive habits that they have done either after work. Because remember, we're in different time zones sometimes. Some people are working at three o'clock in the morning, Eastern Standard Time. So I can't have them go for a freaking jog <laughs> at one o'clock in the morning. Right? So they might have to do it later on. But the point is, you got to give me at least three positive habits that they have done. Have they read a book? Did they journal? Did they go exercise? Did they go meditate? The day before or the day, like, you know, after their shift or before the shift, whatever it is, throughout their day. Hopefully you hire people in the same time zone, which is another, for me, that's important. Yeah, I've seen the difference in, in, Productivity from the people that um, don't work in our time zone and the people that do. Yeah. That's that's key, and people don't people don't see it that way. Like I'll tell you a story in a little bit about that, but mindset is priority. So whomever you hired in, you know, in America, outside of America, what have you? Who and it doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter if they're uh, an admin for you. Because virtual assistance doesn't mean just closer. We're talking about closer today. But whomever's on your team, everybody on your team, transaction coordinator, uh, maybe even people you do business with, you want to find out what kind of mentality they have. Um, whomever's going to be involved in your business, bro, they got to like align with your business and their mindset. Even I coach a lot of the business owners themselves on their own mindset because sometimes the leader sucks. And if I can optimize that leader, then it trickles down to the rest of the workforce and then conversions, explosions, profitability, the whole thing. So number one thing is looking for those key words and those key elements of mindset and then just make sure that you're pouring into your people. And I think that's the key. That's the real, real key to this whole virtual model that we're talking about. So is it like uh, a day report that you give them a form and they have to fill it out, you see the form or like, do they send you a Slack message or? Uh, it's either via Slack or when we get in our meeting, that's like the first five minutes. That's how we, that's why we spend it. Did so you, what kind of daily habits did you have? So good daily habits uh, and wins. Yeah. yeah. So, so how do you, how do you start the meeting? Like, let's, let's exactly. do that. Hey guys, how you doing? You're right. Like, Hey, hope everybody had an amazing morning and I'm pumped up. I, yeah. I've already went to the gym at five o'clock in the morning. By the time that I'm in front of that call, right, with these, with, uh, with the clients, I've already had like, you know, Celsius or some power shit and I'm like ready to go. But they see me that way. So they try to, they have to try to mimic that. So like, I'm trying to raise their you, energy. You're, you're bringing in the energy. The energy. In yeah, case yeah. it's morning, you know, 
Maybe someone just and as soon as they say, "Oh, it was okay," you mean okay, okay. I thought it was fantastic, right? And then I kind of uh, pump them up. You need that. People need that. And then, um, and then I just I just say, "Hey, let's go around the let's go around the virtual room <laughs> and tell me, you know, Bob, you know what what did you uh, what you do this morning, right? Or what you do in the afternoon? Oh, I went for a walk. It was good. Sun was out. It was a great day. It was nice and breezy." Um, I was with my dog and I listened to, you know, what, uh, something positive. You told me to listen to like some Tony Robbins or, you know, Jim Rohn or something that's inspiring. And I would listen to that. And so I feel really good. Um, and so people tell you, oh, I journal or I exercise this morning or I took a cold shower. Right. But like they just pick, I don't force them to do anything. I ask them, look, just pick three things that you can do. And here are a list of things that I do. Right. My, my list is bigger than just three things things in the morning to get me as an as a coach really optimized and be able to show up for my clients and these people that I'm uh, pouring into I have to be super optimized so hey here's a list of the things that I do and other things that you can do pick three of those and then once you master those start adding some additional things to your life right because I want to better their lives as well whether they're going to be with the company or not I just human to human you want to help them right people see VAs as like a freaking machine and bro they're freaking human they have problems they have mothers they have daughters they have families they got shit going on and so if i can help them do that i'm not only bettering uh, their life their family life their personal life and then they show up in a certain type of way to the organization so they can't come into work like all sloppy they can't come into work yawning and sleeping and feeling tired and that you know if you want me to chime in on the on the time zone thing that's perfect time for this oh. all right so you as a someone that grew up in spanish communities and speaking spanish obviously you're from dominican republic right and um and you know that majority of people here in miami like speak spanish or like they're, they're just like bilingual or they only speak spanish or they're bilingual and it's very hard to like not find those people or communities of those people right uh, and we are seeing that potentially what we're missing out is that we are missing out on the same time zone, similar co culture to the U.S., people that either travel for school, for vacation, they've lived here, they, they, they somehow they are related to the American culture, they're so close. And uh, I feel, man, you as a Hispanic, as a Latino yourself, you understand that Someone that is working in Dominican Republic, Costa Rica, Colombia, Venezuela, Argentina, it doesn't matter, and have the same time zone can provide a different, a different sense to what a, a, a VA's output can give. Yeah. What, what would maybe see, what opportunity do you see as well in there for people to like really be like, okay, Eastern time zone, CST and PST are, is available. Yeah. I mean, that, that that alone increases your productivity because, you know, I work with or work with some people that they have folks in the Philippines. And look, there's nothing against people on the other side of the world. Nothing. Problem is that those folks, they have other things going on. I mean, they're working at three o'clock in the morning. I had a VA, right, in the Philippines. She's super like awesome right she's awesome but guess what she's also a mom 
a grandma. She's a mom, a grandma. And she's a real estate agent in the Philippines. And then she works for my client. So you got to take kids to school. You got to go to the doctor's office. You got to work two jobs. And then you're working because our bodies naturally, that's why we have day and we have night. Night means go to sleep, go get your rest. That's why God created day and night, right? And then you have light that brings you energy. That's when you work. That's when you do life, right? So these people are working through the night. So this lady goes in and, and she's so freaking tired that she falls asleep at the wheel. She has a truck. She demolishes her car. Now she can't show up to work. Wow. And most of them live this life. Right? Literally, healthy because she was tired. And even though she's, she's performing well, she, she couldn't just handle it. Like, her body could not handle it. Human. You know what I mean? So, it's not conducive for... Just, just out of respect out of, for those people. Now, if it's an admin job that they can do whenever, sure, whatever. Hire from the other side of the world. Who cares? But when they have to actually use their mind, they have to talk to people, they have to make so many calls, right, for them to perform their their right their very best, the mind is extremely tired by the end of that shift. Plus, you have to do everything else. You got to go pick up the kids from school. You have to do all of that. You have two jobs. You're doing a whole, like, a lot. They have to do a lot. Yeah. Right. And so they don't have to they don't know just come in at night. Like we're not gonna have them call our sellers, right, at nine, ten o'clock. I'm not gonna do it. Right? Because for us it's not professional. It'll be like seven AM or eight AM like that. Yeah. Which is which is for them should be great because now they get to sleep, come into work nice and fresh, ready to go. But if it's if that's not the case, well then that's why they're gonna be tired, they're gonna go through some medical issues, stuff like that. So I prefer the higher in our time zone. So number one, as that's going to help increase productivity like you wouldn't imagine just having people in our own time zone, right? Uh, the culture is different. Like they're so cool to understand a lot of things that happen in the United States of America. A lot of them lived in the United States of America. A lot of them traveled over here. They know things. They have family here. So it's very, very relatable. And you Obviously, when you're in sales, you got to be relatable. You got to, you know, people do business with people they like, know and trust. And so if you can build that trust because you know what you're talking about, right? If you say the word shingles, they know what shingles are on the, on the roof, right? Where somebody probably in another country, well, they may do all the roofs in concrete. There is no such thing as shingles, right? Or maybe it's just tin. They live in a house that's just made out of tin. And when you say shingles, they're like, I don't know what that is barrel top roof they don't know what that is right can they can i educate them on doing that yeah but it's just some of the things that they're just so basic and you would think otherwise so the culture is different their energy is different and a latin a latin compared to anybody else in the world <laughs> you, man, you, you also like you would understand like uh, uh filipino we have amazing people but one of the biggest things that we have to work on is your confidence in like expressing themselves and like talking and like uh, speaking up and stuff like that. And we have work and a few Filipinos that have been so great, but it's something, it's a, it's a work. It needs to happen. Yeah. It's something that you need to talk about, you know, about it, that they like show off, like speak up more, like right. show that they actually are intelligent because they're rooting they are. Um, but like the Latinos, what are they? 
They're not they're even naturally just warmer blood. Of course. They, they're, they're, they're more like friendly. They're loose. They're loose. They're ready to go. You know what I mean? They can, they're actually more natural born salespeople than any other. Like, in my opinion, North Americans are very cold people. Yeah. Like, they're very cold. Like, they're just dry. You know what I mean? They're just dry people. Like, uh, Canadians, Americans, when they came here, like, you laugh at, you're laughing at that joke? I mean, it's not funny, dude. <laughs> like, anyways, yeah. either way, like, or like, I'm, I'm in the elevator and they'd be like, and I'm, I'm like, they're, they're not, not right. they're not, they're not they don't even look at you. Like, 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 hey, good morning. Hey, how are you? How's your day? Hey, neighbor. Hey, neighbor, how you doing? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Man, it's just this natural thing to talk to people and also be curious monkeys. If you think about it, Latin American people, they're naturally so curious. They want to be in other people's business. They're like, so what happened? Tell me. That's why that's why they watch the soap operas all the time, right? <laughs> Tell me more. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Oh, wow. That's that, interesting. Man. And they'll so, spend an hour with you. What does a salesperson that is a great salesperson and how to control the conversation? They ask great questions and they listen like a mother because they want to know. Curious, they're nosy. Right? They want to know, right? Yeah. Ask great questions. They let them speak more. Right. And and they they honestly think for themselves. It's not that the Filipinos or Egyptians or whatever that they don't think for themselves. That they they just know that they always stay in a box. Well, my well my boss told me to just do this, right? And so I'm not. I don't know if I can say X, Y, and Z. You know what yeah. I mean? But why is that? I think it's that also, culture. But also business owners, uh, they have such a low expectation of a view. Yeah. And that's horrible, honestly. Honestly, it's a horrible term. Like a VA is supposed to be only admin stuff. Right. Like a VA at the end of the day, it's just like someone that knows how to assist on like admin tasks and like maybe productivity things here and there, like checking emails, like calendars, things like that. But at the end of the day, these are, and I call them now collaborators. I, I went to Colombia and I, and I told my... Yeah. I went to Colombia and I told these other entrepreneurs that I had employees and they were like, oh, okay. So you have collaborators and I'm like, and they were calling their employees collaborators, this new, uh, generation X and generation X entrepreneurs and business owners, they're calling their, their people collaborators, their, their employees are calling it collaborators. And they're obviously they're local, right? Like they're hiring local, so they're essentially an employee, but they call them collaborators. Okay. And so I went there and I'm like, okay, they're collaborators. They just change their term. Yeah, honestly, they feel more, more appreciative. They more, they feel more appreciative when they, when you actually like treat them as someone that is working together towards the same mission. Because look, all it's true, right? So there's the same mission on the company, uh, and they ha- the company has a vision and they want to achieve that. They call it collaborators, and you should be able to treat remote people, even Filipinos, Egyptians, uh, doesn't matter, Latin America, you should tr- treat them as collaborators. They're, 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 re- they're not just, VA. a VA should, the VA term should, should die in like a month, in like, in like another month, in like a year or two. Right. They should be called something else. Right. Because, because I agree. Virtual collaborators. Virtual collaborators, right? Because Google has that. Exactly. 
do you think everybody goes to the office at Google? No. Microsoft has virtual collaborators. Yeah. 100%. Tesla has Tesla has collaborate. like, um, I think over 35% of, of their uh, engineers are offshore. Right. See what I'm saying? Yeah. We don't call it VAs. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we don't call it VAs. So now, uh, so, now, so now a closer from... Well, that makes sense, bro. Yeah. Just changing that. You know what I mean? You don't want to make people feel like belittled. And also, you don't want to miss out on the opportunity of just because you have these expectations that are so low on a VA, just because you have a, such a horrible expectation on a VA that you're missing out on talent that is cheaper for you. Business, owner, wholesaler, investor is a cheaper person for you. And you're also going to be able to pay them more money. Doctors, money, lawyers, money. Yeah. They literally live on salaries of lawyers and doctors. That's the way it is. Yeah. How many, how many ACQ collaborators, VAs, how many, how many VA currently, VA closers do you currently handle or do you currently know? Uh, quite a bit because where I'm trying to help all of my clients transition is that. And so it's quite a bit and they're freaking excellent. They're closing deals. And, num and some of them, you know, are from Egypt and the Philippines. Although I tell them, like, let's, you know, try to move towards the Central and South America, even the Caribbean, let's do that. But even, even those that are abroad, they're closing deals. Just as good as in-house, if not better, better deals. I don't give a shit. I got one guy, <laughs> call him James Hunt, mm. out of Egypt. His that name dude, is James Hunt? That's what he calls himself. Oh gosh, yeah, his name is Mohammed. Mohammed, okay. Yeah, super nice guy, bro. Workhorse, workhorse. He doesn't treat the. He's he he's a collaborator, right? But he doesn't treat the job like nine to five. So if a text message comes in, seller sends an email, seller does a call. It doesn't matter if it's a Saturday at nine o'clock at night. This dude jumps on the call. And he closes the deal. Mm. Love that. Oh, this, you know, that's part of the, the process. And he wants to be kept for a long time. He loves the, the mission of the company. He loves how the company treats him, right? If he asks for a day off now, do you think I'm, we're going to give him a hard time? Heck no. Well, take your day off. You called on a Saturday night at nine o'clock when we didn't ask you to do that. Right, but you got to create that culture. Um, you have to create the culture. You have to do the training. You have to. It's the same thing. You have to have the vision, mission. Right. I feel like this, this conversation could go forever. Oh, right. Um. All right. Let's talk about two things. How do you create culture with NBAs? Yeah. That are remote, obviously. Yeah. Virtual. And, um, what's kind of like the future of the systems? to make sure that the conversion increases, you know, effect, effectivity and effectiveness in the process, in the sales process, the conversion process. So how do you create culture in, in a virtual team? Same way you do it in-house, right? You have the same vision and mission, which you reiterate every single week. Maybe you can have them recite the company mission, right? You, I do affirmations with all of my teams, every single one of them. And they absolutely freaking love it. 
We're all chanting these affirmations to pump them up. That's culture building. We're, we're doing it together as a tribe. We'll have we'll have Thanksgiving dinner together on Zoom. So, hey, go to your favorite restaurant or get your favorite meal. Send us an invoice and we'll pay for that. And we're going to have some, you know, team time on Zoom. Mm-hmm. That's building culture. And then we talk about, hey, what kind of food is that? Tell me about that. And like we're learning from there. And then guess what? Oh, we love you, boss, or whatever they call you, right? Whenever you come to Egypt, you got a place to stay. We'll take you around. This is fantastic. And now, now they want to, right? Collaborate with you. They want to be a tribe with you. Yeah. So you just got to do a few the same way as you had it in the office. There's a lot of entrepreneurs, right? That you know they have an office and the employees in, and they'll have a powwow, right? Powwow is getting everybody up and cheering and who's the best? Who's the best? And you do all that rah rah the freaking bell thing. Most people do. I hate that. <laughs> I don't know. I've never done that before. Yeah. It's cool, but no, I'm just, not about I'm just thinking. No, uh, <laughs> I'm honestly, like, you smoke, bro. <laughs> dong, the <Yeah>. dong. <laughs> I think it's like I don't know. I think it's so unoriginal now. I I know that it sends vibrations yeah. and stuff, like that, but I think there's different things you can do. Anyway, point is, you do that in house. You can do that virtually, right? And so the way that I do it virtually is that I do the affirmation because that's probably the most powerful way to get everybody like yeah. Dong is already sorry. The dong is already so like it's already been so burned. Like it's so burned. Everybody is like now it's now cringe. So cringe now. Yeah, it's the bell. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Bell or the dong. And I hate all the ringing things. But anyway, <laughs> that's just me. I'd rather do that. That also is a distraction, but we can get into that at a different time. And but, in the affirmations, um, do you recite the core values? Yeah. Uh, or what yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it depends on the company. Like I, I have obviously my own for my company, but you know, whatever the core values are that you write on your board, that you write on your sheet, whatever it is, you just have the company recite it so that they remember what it, why is why is it that we're doing what we're doing. So for every company, it's going to be a little different, right? Providing service, quality, um, ethical, blah blah, all, whatever it is, just have them repeat it. So, for example, if if my core values, say my top five core values, we're passionate and passionate about clients, passionate about team members, and passionate because we give a fuck. Yeah. Um, then the second core value is um, always over deliver. Right. Third core value would be be a goal giver. Right. Uh, four core value, and right now I'm kind of like. Blanking out, yeah. but let's say uh, for for value would be uh, be proud of yourself right. within the community right. and use your community, right? Uh, so like giving each, each other shout outs and things like that. Right. So if I were to do affirmations, it would be like, we are passionate, right. we love our clients, right. we love our team, right. we give a fuck, right? right? We are goal givers. Right. Like, w- would you do affirmations like that? We are amazing, or things like, or like, how, how would you? So, so a lot of mine are very consistent. Like, you know, I wake up motivated. I'm an achiever. I'm a advisor. These people need my help and my advice, regardless if they're aware of it or not. I create win-win solutions. I'm I get over. Uh, what is it? I um, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, 
I overcome objections and create solutions with speed. Um, I am confident. I'm a believer. I'm a finisher. I'm a fighter. Warrior. I'm enough. I love money. Right. I have, have them build a relationship with money because a lot of people want money. So, so build a relationship with money so you can track money. You know, it's got it's so well. It's freaking insane. Talk so about culture. Talk about culture. The environment. If you want to learn about culture, follow my man, Lamasu <laughs> Scott Morris. Yeah, he's amazing. Whatever he's building abroad, you can do that virtually with your collaborators. Just do it. It's going to increase the vibration and abundance of your business. It amps everybody up. And sometimes it just serves as a reminder. Business is still business. It's work. Work is hard. can be hard. There's going to be ebbs and flows. But it, doing those, that's a habit, right? Like a daily habit, positive habit. Doing that with your team, whether they're virtual collaborators or in-house, will produce results. And you have no idea the amount of people, virtual collaborators, that reach out to me and they're like, we absolutely love this. And yeah, I'm taking I'm taking it. I'm going to take it all the way. And they say, when you're not training us, we're still doing it. Or I do it at home before I even leave my house. It's a enormous impact, right? So that's one way to build culture and just treating people like humans. If you're gonna have, if you have, let's just say, um, an in-house you know, uh, business, right? Everybody's in-house. Typically for like Thanksgiving, Christmas, or whatever the holidays, getting together with the team or maybe quarterly meetings. We're all going out bowling and doing this, that, and the other. Obviously, with virtual collaborators, that's a little difficult because you don't have easy access to them. But you, like I said, even something as far as like a meal or maybe you know rolling, rolling a virtual bill uh, to win uh, a prize, right? Like, hey, we did financial this quarter or this week or this month, and we closed this amount of deals. We hit our target. You know, uh, we have a raffle. Uh, you know, for the best closer, for the best person that did. You know, uh, Talk the right talk to them. Hit all the guys, man. You get in the wheel. Um, you get a massage, a gift card. You get uh, Apple. You get whatever dinner out. You know what my friend did with the virtual team? So he actually took everyone. Even he told people in the Philippines to come. But like majority of his team are in South America, Mexico, and Central America, and he he's from Ohio. He took everyone to Medellin, Colombia, paid for their tickets and their stuff, all inclusive, as long as they met certain like KPI requirements for like, I think it was a quarter. If you meet this, like we're going to pay everything inclusive, everything. If you don't meet it, you're still going to get invited, but you don't, you have to pay a portion of it. So he did that. I don't know if I would, I would do the portion of it, but he did that, but he would make sure that he would bring people to Colombia, he will fly them. And because he's been paying VA, virtual collaborator money, right? And not like W2, he's been able to, he can afford it. He can of afford course. it, right? Your, your productivity went up, right? Your, so if your productivity went up, activity went up, profits are up, well, you, you can go and do that kind of stuff. And you need to go to Medellin, Colombia and have everybody go over there. And now everybody meets, right? Like you finally get to meet everybody that you collaborate with every single day and you build that tribe, right? And then, of course, you build longevity. The likelihood of that person leaving you or having that turnover, 
drastically diminishes. So that investment of pouring back into the collaborators and and doing that type of you know reward system actually again it's an investment and it creates longevity. So you don't have to have so much turnover like the way we have it here, where I, consistently having people get fired. Oh, they and they find another opportunity, this and the other. And it's like, man, it's works too much. You don't want to do it. So the future is that. And as long as you learn how to build that culture and be able to keep your KPIs on tap, uh, be able to collaborate with them on a daily. And again, it doesn't have to be a two-hour meeting every day. It could be literally 15, 30 minutes. Um, build that relationship with them, maybe have one-on-ones with them to figure out where they're at in their life, know a little bit more about them just like you would in any employee here for lesser costs, right? Um, they are going to make great money. They are able to provide for their families. They are a lot more grateful than the folks here. Um, again, I love my American man, but it's just like, geez, it's it's becoming such a, uh, it's just becoming such a pinhole. And in this business, things are changing. Um, there is a lot of costs to run a real estate company. You know what I mean? And so it's important. It's important that you figure out how you can maximize your profitability and be able to provide to other people in the world that honestly need you more than the folks here, in my personal opinion. So, I love that, man. I think the world's going to evolve where um, you can do full remote or like fully hybrid as well, where there's a combination. And if there, some people will prefer like office uh, because they're so used to it. They do want to go to a place. They don't want to stay at, maybe at a, we work all the time or at their apartment all the time. But some people will, will see the benefits on that long-term for the entire life. Uh, so 100%, I think that I'm not going to go on, um, on full office. No, 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 no time. Um, maybe it's going to be hybrid. Where, what if, what if I actually build an office, but just to like invite our clients, yeah. or just to like do cool stuff, cool shit, right? You know what I mean? Like meetups, actual cool stuff. Why can't we do that? Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, just metaverse is real. Be happening. I'm testing an app, a software that is going to be a virtual sales floor, yeah. and we're going to have more more updates on that as I test it. Uh, but we're basically going to be like feeling like it's an actual office, but it's just virtually. That's fine. It's going to feel, it's going to be real, right? It's going to be real. Talking about tools, softwares, and technology, do you feel that it's going to change this? What are these? AI. Okay. Tell me more. AI is going to, if you, so you have two choices, and I think Pace uh, talked about this in one of his, uh, on stage, uh, but I've been looking at AI for the last like three months now, and we either are intimidated that it's going to take over your life or whatever it is, or you can embrace it and figure out how you can put it, uh, implement it into your business so that you know you can reap the rewards of AI. So I'm I see like uh, my new tasks like text messaging, for example. It's going to be smarter about how text sellers, for example, you can create like a funnel, say like, and to respond back because they, they have conversations with you. you know what I mean, it's not going to be like, oh, would you consider selling? No, 
it's going to find super creative to ask that question, which would help avoid a lot of the nonsense that we what we have with all the text messages being blocked by the carriers and stuff like that. AI is going to know, okay, and they can do it faster and more efficiently, where they can make a hundred different variations asking sellers about if they're considering selling. That's just one idea, right? And so that's going to create a lot of consistency so you can have more leads, so that your collaborators have more leads to work and more deals to close. Speed, something like that. Speed to leads will get better. Yeah, uh, of course. Response, response variation, and like uh, being not not being able to get blocked, not getting blocked from the carriers, it's going to improve. Um, so we want to be compliant. We want to be compliant. Sure, and AI is going to help. And then whenever a human is needed, AI is going to tell you humans needed, humans needed. Yeah. Boom, jump in. Right. Yep. Ideally, that's exactly what I see. I don't think that it's going to take over. The whole sale process or anything like that anytime soon. It probably Alex will. Said that he, it would. I think it will, but I think, it, I think it's going to take some time. So, so pick up. <laughs> well, it's just because you need right now before AI starts you know, taking over. But I don't care. I don't care if they even take over the sales process. I want to see how it can be as profitable as possible. And there's going to be some things that need to happen. Like AI can't walk the property. I mean, maybe it can do like, you can send some virtual something to go look at the property, but you're, you're still going to need humans, right? Yeah. I want an AI to be funny. I want an AI. They are humorous. Have you, have you gone to ChatGBT? No. No? Oh, I've okay. to I mean, I've been to Jap I've never asked. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny as heck. So I go I to open ChatGBT. Nobody ever heard of it. Just Google it. It's going to come up. Sign up. It's free. It's easy. Um, and so I go there like, yo, it's, we're congested right now. Like, like we can't, we can't process, you know, any questions or whatever. And so then it itself, right. As, uh, here's some, here's, here's 10, you know, 10 funny jokes about us being down. Right. And so it spits out just a whole bunch of jokes about how they are not capable, right? Oh, AI is going to take over the world. You guys can't even handle inquiries, right? But like it does these funny things that you can absolutely be funny as heck. Have you played with it a lot? I actually have. I built a system to create blogs and better my emails for obviously for our clients to search us or to like, you know, we will be on top of it. But for now, it has only been doing that and improving our scripts. All right, so ask it. All those scripts that you're doing, then just ask, as soon as it spits it out, yeah. So now rewrite it with humor and see what happens. Yeah. Right. So it's gonna it's gonna give you your ten serious ones or professional ones, and then you just ask for it. What if I ask rewrite it with the humor of Andrew Schultz? It'll do it in that in that context. Yeah, it'll definitely do it. If you want it in Shakespeare, it'll do it in Shakespeare. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's cool. Like I, I'm embracing it because I know. It's going to be inevitable, right? Some people fight like things that are inevitable. And I don't know why. Like you feel like you're going to win. You're not going to win. Don't stop it because it's one of those either, you know, if you can't beat them, join them type of thing. I'm going to join it and I'm going to figure out how I'm going to, I'm going to implement this into my business, into my sales and coaching uh, business as well to help my clients exceed their expectations, increase their productivity, and we're going to freaking crush it. Imagine buying a $300,000 home and speaking like Yoda from Dude, Star Wars. I, that would be 
and then negotiate an entire right. thing. Like thing. Yoda. Yeah. Uh, movie's such a yeah, thing. Right? <laughs> 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 like, yeah, I, I'm an embracer, bro. I don't know. Uh, and I think that's the future because we have, we already are doing a lot of automation. Everybody in our industry, especially in real estate investing and wholesaling and stuff like that, we're already looking for automation. We have follow-up sequencers, right? Auto, auto text messages, auto emails, auto voicemails, right? We already do that, but we just don't do it at the highest capacity. Like we're, it, it honestly does help to have a lot of those in our systems and our CRMs and stuff like that, but it doesn't convert as high as it should because it's the same exact message over and over and over. It's not smart enough or, or you would need to be smart enough to put in all of those different type of characters and it don't, it's only one way because once the message is sent, right? Email, voicemail, uh, text message, right? It's not, it's not responding back. So if, let's just say, for example, the seller works as a nurse and she works until midnight. She saw the message that you sent somewhere around seven o'clock on autopilot, like one of the sequences, follow-up sequences. And, but this is the time that she gets to chat. But nobody in the company is up at 12 midnight because she's the only one working her ass off. And this is the only time that she has to communicate with that, you know, with us, right? Well, with AI, we can continue the conversation at least to the AI and book an appointment for a human to meet her at her availability. So maybe we kept calling her every single day at 9 or 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock in the morning, or we'll call her at like two o'clock, three o'clock. But guess what? She gets up at 1130. So she ain't going to answer it anytime before that. She's probably has about an hour drive at like one uh, o'clock in the afternoon. She didn't know that. The AI would have figured it out by asking questions while she was texting you at 12 midnight. You understand what my drift is? Right. And so Obviously, now we know that I can capture that seller at the right time because we can spend months trying to follow back up and reach this person. They never answer the freaking phone. Why? Because we always catch them at the wrong time. And then a lot of times most businesses are not working Saturday and Sundays either. So maybe she only has a Sunday off when nobody nobody works on that day. REI Rocket Force, REI Rocket Force does a version of it. Uh, but it will improve towards AI. REI workforce, which is something that we have been building Good. inside of our company. I want to be in it. I, yeah, you know, because I think uh, people underestimate their uh, your yeah. automations. Some people don't even use it at all, which is crazy. They miss out on so many opportunities, but I think that's the future, man. And if you can adapt that, you know, your conversions go up and then guess what? That's not somebody that you're paying to do it. The system is already in there. Maybe there's some type of light subscription or whatever it is, but if it's going to go ahead and get you a deal or two, right? Because it's a little smarter than and more efficient than uh, a human. I think I think it's great for business. So to end this, it's been great. Awesome. Um, what is one thing that you believe strongly that a lot of people do not believe in or they, they think differently? Like, I think we added a, a good amount. It's yeah. the mindset and they don't practice it, even at high level. Some people get there by a lot of hard, hard, hard work, 
no sleep, hustle, like the like our podcast here. But honestly, when you align and you practice, you know, positive mindset habits, things kind of flow a little bit easier. And I think that that's the one thing that has really changed everything that I've done in the last two years and has allowed me to really grow to where I'm at right now. And the things that are developing is the mindset aspect of it. So I would encourage everyone to do a lot of uh, self-development and uh, and help switch not only yours as a leader, but everybody underneath you as well or with you, collaborating with you. Collaborating. <laughs> around your circle and um just this specific episode just like share it around also give us a review if you found any value whatsoever in this podcast uh it will only take you 60 seconds of your time and um it will help a lot of people uh it will help the algorithm so that people will listen to this more and this type of content uh will be continued way more so give us that gift for 2023 and just uh, reshare this and give us a review. Awesome. Anyone that you know also, send it to them and uh, for them to give us a review. Absolutely. All right. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. And this is the end. Uh, wait, one second. How can people get you? Oh, find me. Uh, if you type in any social media, whether you like Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, <laughs> LinkedIn, Juan uh, Nicasio, or if you just type in Mr. ACQMR dot, ACQ, you'll see this handsome young man in a red photo. That's typically my bio. You can find me in all of those platforms. Would love, love to um, have some of your followers, you know, kind of chime in there, DM me. I'm an open book and um, I just want to make a ginormous impact in this industry. So, Mr. ACQ, we're doing it. Virtual collaborators. All right, thanks so much. All right.